These may be challenging times, but have hope and listen to the untold health stories about incredible people who have committed their lives to better their communities. Diverse health activists, direct medical providers, community organizers that are helping our communities to get healthier and stronger. Stories of local heroes during the pandemic and even before that proves over and over again that people can come together during times of need and make the world a better place. Stories you would never hear of, except at Healthcare Untold. So, so then when you think about Healthcare Untold as a company, we're going to have a bunch of things that are going to happen to it, right? Um, and I would love for us to acknowledge the, um, the mentorship piece of that, right? That a lot of these, um, a lot of these folks that we are creating that network around, right? Exactly, and I can even talk about that for myself because one of the ways I learned how to mentor was mentoring. I got mentored. I was a mentee for many people. That's how I started my career. <laughs> Who was your original mentor, Barbara? I had um, college students from uh, Cal State Long Beach. I was about fourteen. I started working at a community center. And it was the East Long Beach Neighborhood Center. And I started working in the pantry, the food pantry. Um, and then they hired all these uh, Chicano uh, activists to start doing summer programming. And so I worked at the neighborhood centers from I was 14 to 21. And they basically said, you know, you're gonna go to, you're gonna go to school. And I did all kinds of programs. I did a bilingual bicultural school. I ran my own youth program. Um, and um, there were mural projects, and then I ran the summer lunch program, which then I eventually ran for Watsonville. Um, so, so I was 14 when I got my first job, and I never even considered I was going to college. I didn't even know what that was, right? So. Mm -hmm. And they really emphasized to me the importance of, they were giving something to me, and it was my job to share that with others as I did my own career. Right. Well, my first mentor, I think before, if I go back into high school, was probably just in general, the, um, the staff at Barrios Unidos, where I volunteered time and that kind of opened up my eyes to a whole other set of, of challenges and issues in a whole other community. But for my first county job, it, I was a summer youth employment counselor. And that's where I met Gerardo. We were both summer youth employment counselors for the county way back in 1996-ish, maybe? Maybe 94, five, I don't know. Ooh, okay, that. well, give or take a couple of years, our memory isn't the <laughs> yeah. greatest. Yeah, yeah. But that's where you and I had out of the work to process all of the applications that the youth were submitting to the Employment Development Department to get right. summer jobs. And that that's year we were hosting all of these youth to work at nonprofit organizations in city departments through the, or through the city of Watsonville. And so our job, once they, we went through them and hired all the kids and placed them, then was to support them more, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the biggest program, I think, was there at Salud para la Gente. Yeah. And so you were actually there. That was your mm -hmm. responsibility, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where we all then had the opportunity there where Alicia was already working with Barbara, who was mm -hmm. the ED, and Alicia was my tia. And 
all of a sudden there was like this connection. Alicia kept saying, oh, you have to meet Barbara. You have to meet Barbara. And then you, you had became friends with Mario. Yeah. All the webs yeah. and the connections. Right, right, right. And you know what's so funny, Jasmine, is that um, I was a summer youth employment uh, person. Recipient, yeah. participant. Recipient, but it was called Neighborhood Youth Corp. And what did you do over that job? I, that's when I worked at the neighborhood center. My brother came home one day and said, hey, I just got a janitor job. There's jobs down there. So I, I run down there. I was only 13. And the guy lied because he hired me anyway because I was going to turn July. And he said, well, we're just going to put June. And <laughs> so he hired me anyway. Um, and so, yeah, so we were all part of that uh, movement of how do you get youth employment and how important that is in terms of their development of their careers. Absolutely. Yeah, going back to the question you posed uh, earlier for me, I think um, from what I recall, one of my teachers in high school, um, ninth grade, was my first, I could say, mentor because of the way she encouraged us to, to study and, you know, to believe in ourselves. And um, and then uh, soon after that, actually, I was 14 also, because soon after that, I started working for the Summer Youth Employment Training Program in Los Angeles. I did that through my high school years, got into college at uh, Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz. Then I knew that there was college kids working at the Summer Youth Employment Training Program. So I asked my sister, I said, hey, can you find out, can you get information where is the headquarters? So then I went and I sent my resume via my sister and then I got hired at the, at the headquarters in LA. And then naturally, when I went back to school uh, during the school year, I said, well, they must have a summer youth employment training program up here. And so that's how I connected with you guys, you know, because through that, uh, I got hired at Salud para la Gente. I also participated in high school uh, with the, uh, the bridge program, the uh, Upward Bound, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it was Barbara who was also instilled in me and encouraged me to like work community and you know, and so anyhow, that's, that's how we ended up here together. Well, and shortly <laughs> after that, I also took your class, Barbara, in community studies at UCSC as a student. And then you took an, I don't know, I feel like I was super special. Maybe you just did this with all the people you liked. <laughs> but you, you provided a really amazing space for Monica and myself, right, who yeah. were about to record. Yeah. And to have right. a professional adult stop and take interest in us as teenage Chicanas was not something that, not at least a good interest, right? <laughs> like we weren't used to people creating space and supporting us. And so the fact that you did that, that stuck with us for obviously all these years. But now that we're able to still be connected and come full circle and actually do something creative together and uplift voices, that just is so fulfilling and amazing. Yeah. So and, you yeah. know, you were me, right? You and Monica were me in terms of when I was growing up and people who gave me that space. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, uh, and Monica may talk about this, but I can remember making her sit in my seat. Right. And I said, okay, one day you're going to be this <laughs> and you're going to be sitting behind this desk. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So I was trained early and it was really the Chicano movement uh, because many of the students uh, from Cal State Long Beach were Chicano activists. But um, yeah, so these, uh, all these Chicano students just really took a great interest in me. And um, the Neighborhood Center 
This is a, an example I talk about in terms of how demographics change and communities change. But the man, and this is where the circle in San Francisco comes, the man who um, was the executive director, uh, his name is Rod Martin. He was trained by the Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church in San Francisco uh, from Cameron House. And I never kind of connected the dots till I was working in San Francisco. And one of my staff members said, so where are you from? And I said, Long Beach. She goes, oh, Longo. I used to work at the Neighborhood Center in Long Beach. And I was like, wait a minute. No, you didn't, because I worked there, right? And we <laughs> both, both of our mentors was broad, right? And so it was a big circle. So these things aren't coincidental, right? So circles happen and people connect. And these are lifetime connections. Right when you are able to really support young people coming through their careers. Well, and some of us are lucky enough to have that within our own families, where you know there's people in our families that we want to follow in their footsteps, and that was definitely the case for me with Alicia and, and the shaping and support from my Theas. But um, you know, not everybody is that lucky. And so the idea of mentors or anchors that we are able to establish or that show up in our lives when we least expect it, but actually save us and help us you know, along the way. And I think that that's why it's so significant when we actually are lucky enough to have mentors in our life to have built those relationships and foster those relationships, right? And so then I think, for us collectively in a way, like I see us creating the space, right? For other folks, you know, and maybe like when we were younger, we didn't hear all these voices. We didn't have this space to create and uplift the voices that we choose that we believe are important to us in our community. So the opportunity to do that, there's a big responsibility in that and a big gift in that as well, right? To be able to just provide a safe place for people to talk about what's important to them and their communities. Well, Monica, this is so exciting to have you on. And one of the things like we just kind of the three of us shared our, <laughs> our mentorship in uh, story in history. And that's kind of where we all met originally. And we had shared that, you know, that one summer, I don't even know what summer that was. Do you remember what summer that was that you worked at Salud para la Gente? It was 95. Nineteen ninety-five, like ninety-five or ninety-six. Because I was fifteen years old, <laughs> and we were the adults that were responsible for creating a loving and and fostering learning environment for the youth in Watsonville. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I I actually had started at the clinic before that, um, just volunteering, and then they told me that I can participate in the job like summer school. I mean, job something in the summer. I was like, hell yeah, I need some money. I'm a broke brown girl. So I hopped on that and yeah, somebody just, employment. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. So you had a foot in. So I did. And so that was, you know, one of the things that I was also mentioning to Barbara is that I had never prior to that really had somebody as an adult that was like a professional really like stop and see me. And I was a younger adult at that time, but that was kind of where we were all able to connect. And the fact that Barbara and Elwa at the time had invited us back East to spend time in DC. Mm -hmm. Like I'd never been to DC. Who like, yeah. <laughs> who pays for, yeah. for kids to go back and like visit? And that was just yeah. such an eye-opening experience and really like left a mark on me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think um, 
you know, you're, I was, I grew up in Watsonville. So, you know, my, I was born in Mexico. My mom brought me when I was two. And so my perspective on just how the heck did I just make it here? Like you guys left me thinking about that on this story. What am I doing? And how did I kind of get here? It's, it's all these key people that really helped. And so I definitely, when I reflect back, you know, I was a very like angry kid. I was pissed because I was poor and, you know, my mom had to work two, three jobs and I didn't have words. I just had feelings. And so being part of the Brown Berets and then, you know, being linked to the clinica, like Salud para la Gente, just really paved a whole trajectory for me that I don't think, um, you know, if it, it, I could have gone in so many paths, like many, unfortunately, you know, our youth in Watsonville do. So hadn't that been that I was walking around the hall and I saw Barbara in her office and I remember just staring at her and I told her, I want to be just like you. I'm never going to forget that, you know, and having, Naomi and just so many other mujeres that, you know, Alicia, that really just helped um, mentor me. And, and that's exactly what it takes, right, to, to really help give youth other options. And so I'm grateful for that tremendously. And I don't think you remember this, Barbara, but you also gave me a book when I went to visit you in San Francisco. It was public administration. And so it's just crazy how uh, my degree, because of your mentorship and, you know, uh, just all the influence that many of us, you know, don't really recognize it and don't tell each other, but helping influence other young, you know, women of color and, and Latinas is, is so important. And I don't think we do that enough. So I, I just think it's important to recognize that and and to share that with you, because it, it makes a difference when people just pause, like Jasmine says, and just look at you and, and kind of recognize you for the, everything that you embody and, and more, because I think as mentors, people can see uh, the potential that you have. And so it's just great to remember that stuff, you know, so. Absolutely. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but I made you sit in my desk and... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and I was just sharing with uh, Jasmine about the fact that I was also mentored by uh, older uh, Latinos from the Chicano movement, and they saw me too. And one of the things they made me promise was that I was going to share that empowerment to others. And so I kind of think I did my job. <laughs> just a little, huh? Just a little. <laughs> you, you planted your seed, Barbara. You planted your seed. Oh, and, and, and more than planting that seed, but that seed not was also fertilized and we grew and hopefully yeah. that's what we do yeah. is then throw those seeds out to the younger folks and, and not even just younger folks, but just share what we know. And you never know what can help inspire or what can help open up someone's eyes to a different experience or idea. And, yeah. you know, if we can do that, then our hope is that those then folks keep paying it forward, right? Absolutely. So Monica, after um, you left uh, Watsonville, you went, you, you did your college degree. I, I remember you went back east, did you not? I did. So I did go to UCSC um, first for undergrad. I did SOSH and, uh, you know, many reasons. I think for me, UCSC was so close, but so far in so many ways to my reality. Um, but I left UCSC and then I went to um, 
Columbia. I went to New York City and I studied in Columbia University and that was very interesting. I'm not a city girl. I definitely learned that. <laughs> but I did public policy and administration at Columbia and just really paved on. But, you know, I think you asked me too, like, how, how did you end up in health? And, I, you know, health found me, I think, you know, because as, as a young person, uh, I volunteered, you know, for many nonprofits. Like, I remember working for the Fensa de Mujeres. I remember working on gang prevention. I remember working um, even for the Community Foundation. But truly, my heart always kind of came back to health. And so um, I, I didn't know. And again, this is part of the mentorship. Like, I had no idea what to do in college. Like, I didn't even know the path there. Um, but it took you know, many, many, especially Latinas, um, really helping me think through that, taking me to UCSC, like visiting jazz there. Uh, I remember a few times being around Jasmine and all her friends, and I was still in high school, and I was like, wow, like, there's something else out there besides, you know, fields, Watsonville fields, or, you know, the poverty that I'm part of, or, you know, just the dynamics um, that we confronted in Watsonville. So, those subtle kind of interactions really help our folks kind of get them to think beyond just their surroundings. And so I think New York for me, I never imagined it was the only school I applied to. I remember visiting New York, visiting one of my friends and saying, I'm going to come here. I don't know how, but I'm going to come here. And I applied, I think it was the next year. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm not ready, but let's just see what happens. And so I had just moved to San Francisco and um, three months later, they told me that I got accepted. So it was a huge surprise for me. But at the same time, I think um, that whole aiming for something bigger than what you're told you can do um, was very, for me, reaffirming and it took me back to thinking about being in Watsonville, being a student there and counselors, yes, still telling you at that time that go to a vocational school, you know, you you don't have the grades or you don't have um, the capacity, the training, I'm sorry, the educational habits, the learning habits, all that stuff that you realize when you're in college that you need to survive, <laughs> you don't have it. And, and being able to kind of challenge all that um, I think when I got to Colombia, it, it was reassuring. But then at the same time, it was like telling, like I did not have private tutors and I didn't have the writing needed um, the way they were grading me. But, you know, I had a bunch of folks like Jasmine went to visit me there. I had other folks going to visit and just kind of supporting my endeavor. And it's those things your, that really help. You had your cheering squad from Yes, I did. I really did. Thank you for that. Monica, did helpful. you have anybody in your family or anybody that you were close to that you saw that left Watsonville to go to school? Not in my family. So it's, um, it's three of us. Um, I'm the only one. Um, you know, we didn't, you know, my mom was always like, you have to go to school. She didn't know what it meant. She only went up to third grade. Um, but it was always like, you want to come work in the fields? Because I did work in the fields with her. Mainly it was because she was trying to teach me a lesson. Um, I remember picking tomatoes and blackberries. And what was the other one? Anyways, the point is that 
she's like, ¿Quieres estar aquí chingándole o quieres ir a la escuela? Right? Like, so I, that was incredibly important for me. And um, she didn't know how to help me. You know, I, I never had a chance to sit down with her and for her to walk you through, you know, your math or walk you through your English. But she did have the influence about perseverance and just determination and making sure that you went to school. And so uh, I'm very grateful for her for that. I mean, my mom has, she had amazing work ethic. She still has amazing work ethic. And so um, those are, I think, successful skills that um, hopefully I can continue to pass to other folks because you're going to need that as a, as a person that's not systematically set up to uh, succeed, you know, in education or in other areas you need to um, have determination to just get through day, day one, day two, and day three. Healthcare untold. On this segment of Good News Latinos and X, it was reported on July 24th, 2021, that despite economic and health devastating consequences to Latino communities throughout the U.S., that we are getting through this rough time by helping each other, families watching out for each other, sharing money, sharing food, getting vaccinated. When we support each other, we all succeed. This is Barbara Ann Garcia at Good News Latinos and X from Healthcare Untold.